wherever you are all listening to. Welcome to What Does Music Means to Me, a lovely podcast here at Smithdown Social. Um, our lovely guest today is Jennifer Jones. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good lovely. to meet you. So you were just saying before that um, you, were, you went away for a couple of days, did you? Yeah, I've just come back from nine days away with my band, Killer Fernandez. Really? Yeah, we, we went to do five dates in Austria and Switzerland mm. um, as... To launch our new album. Ah, oh, yeah. brilliant. It was amazing, actually. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it, it, and we were just saying before, when we, it's ridiculous now after the, the year that we've had, the amount of work that I've actually, that's actually come our way now to like sort of like get us back into the sort of, you know, what's the, what's the word? The swing um, of the things. The swing of things, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly that, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous how much, how much of that's come into the, into the world now. Can be a bit, a little bit um, daunting and a little bit over exhausting, but we've missed it though. Well, know? it was. Do you know what? It was amazing to stand in front of live audiences, yeah, and just feel that energy in a room that we just haven't experienced for such a long time, and that nervousness that you were just talking about. It was the anticipation of getting on a plane again. Yeah, was quite scary, but actually the reality wasn't as bad as the anticipation. No, so. usually, no, I never usually is. I never no. usually regularly fly, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I can relate, I can relate. Yeah. So, yeah, um, what does music mean to me? It's a big question, it's got to be said. It's, it's the same with everyone else who answers, really. So we'll try and demystify that for today's, um, for today's session. Okay. So um, I know you're not from Liverpool originally, um, and you moved here especially to study music, which I'm glad you did, because we need more musicians around here. Well, that's, that's what I think, anyway. Um, so, before we get onto that, a uh, little bit of brief background, like we usually fa- um, usually ask with most people. Um, what was it that got you mu- into music in the first place, and what would you say your sort of first influences were? Music was always um, around in the house when I was growing up. We mm. had a piano in the living room. My big brother played the piano, um, and my parents had lots of records. Yeah. So, my, both my parents um, were from Trinidad. So there was a lot of different kind of musical influences from around the world that was constantly played in our house. Brilliant. So I think it almost felt like second nature to be involved in music. My brother was always playing the piano and then so was I because I just wanted to be like him. And so I guess my early influences were the parties that we had at home, uh, watching my big brother play the piano. Um, quite early on in my school life, I was offered the opportunity to try out some instruments. We were so lucky that we had free music education and yeah. it meant that somebody came to our school with a violin um, and I picked that up and loved it. And so I started playing that from an early age. And so music was always in my life. Brilliant. Yeah, I can, I can 100% relate to that. We always used to have, like you say, going back to the little party sort of segment, um, we'd always have, I remember especially in my sort of auntie and uncle's house, even at sort of like say six or seven we always used to go to these family parties they always used to have all these disco tunes like bgs and all that playing on the hi-fi stereos and that so i can absolutely relate with that amazing um and the fact that you had to you actually had um uh, music tuition sort of like in in schools and all that as well that's a incredible bonus because like nowadays you know it, it seems to be not, not really frowned upon but sort of like i don't know more forgotten about you know what i mean because obviously the more curriculums that we're seeing now the more important towards you know you know your maths English and all that you know what I mean so I it's, think you know. yeah I think it's one of those things I think that unfortunately creativity is often the first thing that's cut yeah when there's some kind of governmental shift mm. and uh, and I I always think it's quite divisive because creativity is one of those things that actually makes people feel empowered yeah. and makes people feel better and I think that's something that governments don't really have control over 
So yeah. they they like to take it away and say that it's not necessary and that it's uh, like the icing on the cake rather than the cake. When actually, for a lot of people, once you get involved in creativity and you find your voice and you find your self-expression, you find your confidence, and that's that's the way to live a happier, yeah. more fulfilled life. And so creativity and music in particular is, for me anyway, music in particular, but all creativity is really, really crucial. I think it's a human right, actually. Yeah, yeah. hit the nail on the ass. Yeah, we um, we definitely had a few things to say when they, um, they sort of retaliated or not even say retaliated, but like when they had some things to say about the creative industry last year, I know we had a few things to say, definitely. So yeah, hit the nail on the head for that. Um, so I understand that you, you moved to Liverpool here at the age of 18 mm-hmm. um, to study, uh, having already studied piano and violin in London. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, I was, in, I was in London the other week. Yeah, I felt good to return there. Just a little side note. <laughs> um, but then you said you wanted to go into a sort of different direction when you started your studies here. So tell us more about that. So um, what was the, um, what like the culture here in Liverpool meant to you? Like as, as a you know, bigger question, you know what I mean? It wasn't that it was about Liverpool so much at that point. Right. It was more because in all of my school life in London, I had studied classically. Okay. So I led an orchestra and I'd played classical piano and I'd been in classical choirs. And by the time I was about 14, 15, I started writing songs. Mm. And I felt that my, the ideas in my head, I wasn't able to express them in quite the way I wanted to because I'd always learned to read the dots and I felt quite yeah. limited by that. Yeah, yeah. And I, so the course that I found um, in Liverpool was all about improvisation. So I wanted to learn how to be freer with my creativity, and that's why I came here. Mm. The amount of jam sessions that are happening, even just on a, on a weekday basis, you know what I mean? Getting into the improvisation sort of area, it's massively grown. It, re- it really has. You go to, like, any sort of, like, not even an open mic even, but, like, there's a lot of, like, jam sessions. If you go up to, like, places like Hope Street and that, there's a lot of, like, jazz jam sessions and that you can, yeah. you can go along to, you know what I mean, that you can just... Go and improvise over, you know what I mean? So yeah. having that freedom to do that, you know, even just on a weekday weekend, whenever you want to go, you know what I mean? It's a really good feeling thing, it really is. It is, it's quite liberating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you're well known around here and beyond for the uh, Sense of Sound, isn't it? Sense of Sound Singers, it's yeah. a choir that I run. Absolutely, yeah, okay. Okay. And I know where uh, part of what that project was, was about giving people the confidence to be creative, which is always a good thing in my books. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, where does your confidence come from? That's a big, 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 big one, a, isn't that's it? That's a big question, yeah. isn't it? But uh, I think, like I said before, I think if you're allowed to have freedom of expression yeah. and you don't suppress the things that you think or the things that you feel, it's... And, and then you realise that people are actually interested in what you've got to say. I think that it really helps to develop your confidence. Yeah. I think that's really a key to life. I think we're social creatures as human beings. And so I think we need to be heard and we need to listen to each other in order to feel, full, to feel fulfilled. Yep. You never, no, never know how many times I've asked myself that, like, every day. Like, no one ever listens to most, most people, you know what I mean? Yeah, it can be frustrating, but if you can get the message across, then it's all happy days. Yeah. Um, and also the people around there, you know, when you give them the confidence, that must be such a rewarding thing as well, especially for the stuff that you're doing with the, um, with the choir and that. Well, the choir was, was created because I wanted to create an ensemble of people that were very different from each other yeah. and that didn't fit into a stereotype of what people think a choir is. 
And so when you look at that choir, you see a lot of different ages, you see a lot of different nationalities, and you see a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really, really important to me, so that when our audiences see us, hopefully they see themselves reflected back. Yeah. And that was really important about the ability for choirs to bring people together really easily um, is why I was interested in it. And also to give people a voice, literally, on stages, but also metaphorically, so that people yeah. could express themselves in the way they wanted to as well as sing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. A little bit of a moment here. We're going to have a brief listen to one of your lovely tunes. Um, what's this one called? This is called Universal Love, and this is by the band that I've just come back to England oh, yeah, from. Yeah. Um, this is our second album, and this is the title track, Universal Love. Let's have it. Momentum is finding its way, and it's building in circles, rising up into... Well, safe to say I'll be uh, bobbing my head to that when I go to work <laughs> later. That was grooving. That was that was a really good track. I really enjoyed that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, very very nicely done. Um, so you've worked with um, not a well, I don't I don't think fantastic's even the word. Like a really well known list of um, well known musical icons: Brian Eno, Chrissy Hind, Yoko Ono. Yeah. I mean, come on. What, um, what better of a list could you get? That is a massive and really good achievement. So congrats on you to that for that one. Thank I love, you. I love seeing the little list of people that people work with. It's really good. Really it's good. not really me. It's, I mean, I've managed to negotiate those situations where the choir, Sense of Sound, can collaborate with those artists yeah. that you've just mentioned. Because a lot of artists are really interested in the idea that choirs can bring a new energy to their music and... The, the artists that you've just mentioned, like Brian Eno especially, because, mm. I mean, he's Mr. Experimental anyway. Exactly. But when we approached him, or when actually they approached us about um, uh, launching a project that was to stop um, more Trident missiles coming into the country, mm. it was him mm. and Damon Albarn and Massive Attack, yeah. and they wanted a 50-piece choir, and they asked me if I could bring one to the table, so I did. And it was just incredible. It was incredible because actually artists are generally really open to discussing new ways of working, discussing how we can use our voices collectively. And so, yeah, it's, it's brought some amazing, amazing opportunities. Excellent. Oh, dear, dear me. It's, hearing these stories, honestly, it really is inspiring. Just Thank on a personal note, it is really inspiring to hear. Um, any particular highlights? So on that topic, any particular highlights that you're most proud of? I think, I mean, there are several. All of mm. those artists, and there are more. Um, I think Damon Albarn wrote um, an opera called Monkey Journey to the West. Yeah. And it was launched for the first Manchester International Festival. And he asked me if I would source, well, he asked Sense of Sound, if we would source some singers for the show. And so we with the singers in the show, and then we went to Paris with Damon, and we just had the most amazing experience. It was all the people on the stage were 
um, Chinese acrobats and actors. And so often we didn't even speak the same language and we, we went on... We went to different parts of the world with the show. Yeah. But we had the most immense time because uh, Jamie, who does all of the gorillas uh, animation, okay, did the okay. animation for the show. Oh, really? So it was a, it was, um, it was a multi-genre show in the sense that we were in the pit singing. All of the acrobats were on the stage. And then this animation was going on in the background at the same time. And it was just an incredible show to be part of. I love, I, love, I love that sort of format, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely one of the highlights. Brilliant. Um, okay, for how to move on from that here, mate. Like I say, all these inspiring stories you've got already. It's just, wow, excellent. Um, so you spoke about how music is um, a healer. Yeah. I can 100% like, agree with that. It's definitely helped a lot of people that I know personally anyway. So, yeah. Um, it lets us um, externalise emotions that we might not otherwise express. Yeah. Correct, yeah? Yeah, I think um, it's like anything. I think most people, I don't think I, I probably count on one hand the number of people I've ever heard say they don't like music of some kind. And I think that music acts as like the backdrop to people's lives. Most people can remember a significant tune or when we have life celebrations like weddings, funerals, um, music's played. It's an intrinsic part of our lives and so... I think, you know, sometimes when you can feel isolated, like we did during lockdown, mm-hmm. you put a tune on and it can make you feel better, can lift your spirits, it can calm you down, it can make you feel joy, it can do all of those things. You, you go to a club and people are on the dance floor dancing to music. You go into a shop and you hear it played because it lifts your mood and encourages you to... Yeah. Uh, you know, you go to a football match and everyone sings. Music is everywhere and I think... The acknowledgement of that and the power of it is what I think is part of the healing process. Yeah, it was that need for it, especially last year, because I remember there was a, a lot of people um, who were doing those sort of like isolation collaborations, you know, like video projects yeah. and all that. And, you know, even just the question of asking these people, do you want to maybe just cover this, even if it's just for fun? Yeah. And their instant word, you know, just yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's how powerful it is. It really yeah. is. Yeah, you couldn't have hit the nail on the head more, definitely. Um, is it hard to keep being a creative, especially um, in this modern world? Uh, I can only speak for myself. Well, Absolutely. at this point, I wouldn't, no, I can speak for other people because I know it just dif- it differs depending on who you are. I mean, for me, I don't know what else I would be if I wasn't creative. Mm. So it isn't hard for me to be myself. I mean, if you mean, is it hard to make money? Is it hard to have a sustainable career? All of those things, I think... It can be, but I think I've chosen to not just work on stages, but to work in other ways to make money. So I teach, um, and I teach in institutions, I teach individuals, I work in partnership with other organisations to develop projects, and so I have to do that in order to be able to sustain myself. Yeah. But, um, so, but to be a creative, to me, is like a real blessing, because it means... Like, I keep saying that it, it means I can express myself in whatever way I want to and feel validated by that. So it's it's great. Yeah, I love the it. The opportunities that you do get, especially when you work in a sort of creative world like that, it's so varied as well. Yeah. You know, it really does really sort of take you out of your mind of the whole sort of 
straight scheduled nine to five thing a week, you know what I mean? So the fact that, you know, you're involved in this industry, the amount of like things that come your way are incredibly varied, incredibly different all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no wonder it gives you motivation because like yeah. every time it, it gets like better and better, you know what I mean? Especially in the things that you do, you know? Yeah, I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm very lucky. So. Yeah. No, I'm not, definitely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Right. Um, do you have another little track from you? What's this one called? Oh, so this one, so with Sense of Sound, um, the choir, I realised um, that we'd never made a record. Mm. So I thought that's crazy because we've been together for about 14 years, something like 14 that. 14 um, years. Yeah. And, uh, and so I thought, so what I did, I approached a local independent label, Duotone, and said, you know, I've got this great, this group of amazing singers and we'd like to make some records. And actually, i tell you what it was. It was because... I think it was in 2017, we opened for Nile Rodgers and Chic. And that blew my mind. That absolutely blew my mind. It blew so, my mind. <laughs> and, I, and then I stayed and watched his gig. And it was just track after track after track of amazing tunes that yeah. he'd written or produced. or, And it made me go, it reminded me how much I love disco. Yeah. And so when I approached the label, I said, we just want to create some tracks that are going to make people feel great and want to get on the dance floor absolutely and so this track time and time again is one that i co-wrote and um yeah and it was released mm. they like playing here don't they she i've noticed that a lot they, they always play ancient yeah they? they can't i think he played here again during down at the, they the did waterfront it down the front, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. he's yeah i mean he's just great he's just a great guy he loves to work with people loves to collaborate and incredible because we're human being, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So let's have you track then. <laughs> give me some lessons of how these things groove because I was just I was going for it then that was an amazing track that Do you know, really I, have to say track. That I co-wrote that with Tom Longworth who's a producer hmm. so credit to him because he was great to work with oh yeah 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 100% all thumbs up definitely uh, right now we're really delving into the question now of what music means to me aren't we so has your um, creativity helped you with coping with the negatives and the worries that we face that is, a big, that, is, that is a big one, isn't it? I've been a, a huge... Um, I've said this for years, that I don't watch the news. Mm. And I don't watch it because it makes me feel anxious and worried. Yeah. And, and I realised a long time ago that actually the news is predominantly bad. If the news was balanced, if they told us about the amazing things that happen in the world, as well as the awful things, I don't think that people would feel as, a sense, as much a sense of despair as people can do. And I think that's really important. So I deliberately don't watch the news mm. um, because also it's, I feel like the news is a bit propaganda. 
So people sit, sit and make the decisions about what the news is going to be. And there has to be a reason for that. Mm. There has to be a reason. And whenever it's a political debate, it's always about them and us. The fact that we have a binary system of politics, which is you either support that or you support that. There's no, like there's no grey area and there's no middle section. There's mm. no, it's, it's always about competition. And uh, so... I, I deliberately don't watch that because I don't want to be dis I don't want to be persuaded that the world is an awful place because actually my experience of the world is that more people want to be helpful than don't yeah more people are kind given the opportunity to be that conversations like this are far more powerful than the dic dictatorship of a few and that when I and I can use my creativity to talk about how I feel about those things. Mm. So whenever I feel negative or I feel worried, I express it. I write it down, or I try to create something that encapsulates that. And it's a better outlet than just being the victim of somebody else's vitriol. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, it's a powerful tool to deal with life's challenges. And I'm assuming probably now more than ever, especially you know, given from what we went through the last year as well. I'm assuming that applies to this as well. Yeah, absolutely, because I think during the pandemic, you know, it's still going on that people felt really powerless, especially when we were told that we weren't able to see our family members, we weren't able to see our friends, we weren't able to be out for more than a day, an hour a day, sorry. Um, all of those things were overwhelming for people. Mm. It was like having the rug pulled. and uh, And so... Yeah, I, but, but equally, I saw some amazing creativity coming to the surface. Online, I suddenly saw loads of people singing, loads of people creating music. And you said before, you know, you could see it. You could see people, when people were asked, will you do this, will you play this track? People were like, yes, we were starved of it. Mm. And we really saw the power of creativity during that time. Yeah, so. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I applaud you for not really paying attention to the sort of like news media sort of area, 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 area. Yeah, area, no, yeah. I got yeah. the word there in the end. In the end, um, yeah, because they have that sort of like sort of vibe about like you know making you scared, don't they? They you have. Know what I mean, they, I mean, they really have, haven't they? They, they, yeah, they have. And they tell you about how awful everything is. They don't tell. I mean, we did get. Don't get me wrong. We did see some. Great stuff. You know, I know that during the pandemic, people suddenly became really charitable. There were people that were raising money mm. for people who were in less fortunate situations. And then we saw the good side of humanity. Yeah. But that happens on a daily basis. That good side of humanity happens on a daily basis, but isn't shouted about in the way that I think it could be. Mm. Again, inspiring inspiring have a listen to listen to that please listen to that um okay so is there um, a culture of competitive creativity in our society would yeah. you reckon well there's a culture of com competition mm. full stop i mean uh, even the language that we use you're either good or you're bad you either win or you fail there's a, there's like there's always like yin yang instead of that life is actually a process yeah. that you and that you develop there's not just a finite good or bad it's a lot of things we can be multiple things and are and so I think um I mean one of the things I work in is a culture of creativity the music industry is is competitive it is um and some of the jobs I do 
for example, I'm one of the vocal coaches on The Voice, behind the scenes. And I realise that's a reality, pro- reality TV show that is about winning or losing. Yeah. But I also know that behind the scenes on that show, that particular show has a culture of really taking care of the people who come through the audition process that you never get to see. Mm. And I also know that there's a real a negative view of reality TV, that it's not real music and it's not real which I don't agree with, because I actually think in life there's room for everything. And if somebody has never trained or doesn't have an opportunity to be in a band, doesn't even know where to start, and sees that show and thinks, but I want to sing and I want people to see me, then I think it's a legitimate avenue for people to go down. Yeah. Adversely, I don't agree with the X Factor, which is about ridiculing people. There's a big difference. and that's. But I think for the programme I work on, that's not the culture. So I think there is room for everyone and creativity takes many, many forms. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe in saying that my way of doing it is better than that way. There's room for it all. Yeah. Now, I I still remember to this day when The Voice was kind of like starting up. It kind of did have that sort of different vibe to X Factor. You know, it was a bit more, you know... What, what, what was the sort of what was the phrase judging people more sort of on their voice rather than you know creating all these like you big life dramas and all that you know what I mean it's just on a side thing you know what I mean so there's definitely there's definitely a more I'd say caring sort there, of there, and impact. there definitely yeah. is behind the scenes yeah. I mean I know there is yeah, otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it yeah. but equally I know that it, I do also know that it's very industry driven and that it's part of that that industry that the commercial music industry is not the most caring industry in the world we know this. That's a, give, that's a given. You know, and I think I'm actually really happy that the old model of the hierarchy deciding who they're going to pick and drop in that whole commercial um, culture is changing. As people develop more autonomy through digitalization, mm. we're seeing more independent approaches to music creation, and I love that. Yeah. It's about the artists, not about the, not about just the industry, but it's about artists making music that they love and want to make without it being diluted by someone else's agenda. Mm. That's much more attractive, much more honest. I do believe the actual message from that is actually getting louder more than it used to be like years ago. So the way it's getting across to people now more than ever, yeah. Yeah, I can 100%, 100% agree with that. Yeah. Do you reckon we have a, a strange view on the value of creativity? I think it depends who's looking. Mm. I mean, schools, for example, with all of their limitations, have to follow a curriculum. And that curriculum doesn't necessarily provide any kind of relevancy to the people learning it. Mm. Um, So it depends. But again, again, those rules are are made by outdated modes of perceptions there's still that idea that classical music is more important than pop music or than indie music. There's still a hierarchy. And I don't, it's one of my bugbears because I think creativity, there shouldn't be a, a hierarchy. It should be about your right to express yourself in the way that you see fit. But should, yet more be money right. is still given to the world of classical music. Than there should be a rise. Yeah, I, wonder, I again, I 100% agree. And I also think that there should be different musical genres should be encouraged to collaborate. The most unlikely collaborations are the ones that also always bring the most interesting outcome. Mm. 
But yet we still feel like, you know, I don't know, some of the rap. I actually work with a lot of rappers and some of the rappers I work with feel like the world of classical music doesn't belong to them. And in fact, it does. There are so many examples of, you know, um, classical strings being used on various tracks. Yes. And so the information about the contribution that different genres make to each other, I think, is what we should be learning about in schools more. Because then kids would go, okay, oh, wow, okay. So the stuff I listen to is is that. And it does. it is my right to use it, and it is more accessible than I think it is. Stuff like that. So I think it depends on who's talking about it. Mm. You better pay attention to that message, because that was, yeah... Again, completely agree. Well then, wrapping up now. So, um, big question. Again, you've probably been asked this before. I know a lot of people have. If you didn't decide to be a musician, what could you have been? During lockdown, I did a lot of gardening. So I and I love it. And I, I mean, my mum has, all my life, my mum, my, and when my dad was alive, there was just an abundance of food that they grew in, from the most tiny spaces to the bigger spaces. And so mm. growing food organically has been something that's just been in my life forever. That's good. And, I, and like music, during lockdown and, and outside of lockdown, I grow things. And so... And even and that's that, rewarding as well. Sorry, say again. I'm just saying, even that's rewarding as well. Absolutely. It's the same kind of thing. It's a natural process yeah. that you see the rewards of. And what I loved about lockdown was that I grew lots of stuff and I could share it with my neighbours and it was a reason to communicate and to not... and to talk about you don't have to be isolated, just... Yeah. And people stopped and talked to me about the garden all the time and still do, and that's wonderful. Brilliant. Yeah, we, we started the gin club last year. That's how as far as we got. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> it was every, yeah. every Saturday, Sunday. It was a, it was a neat, neat little time, actually. Not so much anymore now that we're all back in work again, somewhat, anyway. Brilliant. So, just before we finish, what's next? What's next for you? Ooh, what's what's next, next on the journey? Something that was amazing that happened recently was um, we had COP26, didn't we? So it was the United Nations um, Climate Change Conference that happened yeah. in Glasgow. There's a global organisation called Music Declares Emergency, and they uh, contacted me about whether I would be able to coordinate... Uh, they, they called them activations, but basically it was a song... Somebody had done an arrangement of Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. Mm. And they asked me if I'd coordinate that song being sung in three different cities simultaneously... And so the three cities were Glasgow, Liverpool and London. And, uh, and we did it. So in Liverpool, we did it on the steps of the Catholic Cathedral. There were 580 people. In Glasgow, we did it in a place called George Square. And in London, it was Russell Square. Mm. And uh, it was amazing. And it was the whole event was called Sing the Change. And it was just to highlight the crisis that the world is currently in environmentally. And it... Um, and so we're planning to do that again, but to do it bigger and better. Yeah, brilliant. Well, that's a great start. I, I couldn't think of a more better place than the Catholic Cathedral, definitely. Yeah. It was amazing. You definitely have a few things to say there, definitely. Yeah. So where can people find out more about you? Any plugs? Yep. Uh, so my band, Universal Love, the new album by Killer Fernandez. Uh, you can go to Bandcamp and find us there, Killer Fernandez Music. Uh, what's happening? Sense of Sound Singers is across social media. And for me, actually, I'm one of the things I'm really proud about is that I sit on the 
Liverpool City Region Music Board. So I've just written a strategy document, a music manifesto that, that's all about the promotion of equality and inclusion for marginalised musicians who aren't part of the mainstream. And we're going to be developing that. So it's an LCR music board website where any aspiring musicians can go to and see about all of the things that are in their communities that are available to them to get involved in. Mm. And they can always also post their gigs or their projects on there. And it'll be seen by thousands of people. I will keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Jennifer, thank you very kindly. It's, it's been, been lovely having you. Honestly, so many amazing words, honestly. I'm going away inspired now. I really am. Thank you so much. Again, thank you all very much for listening. This has been What Music Means to Me. I hope you have a lovely morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you're listening to. Have a lovely day. See you later.